Well, good morning, Bay Chapel. Yes. Good morning to those of you who are watching online with us. Hey, online and in the room, can we one more time just give God the best praise for what we just witnessed here this morning? Wow. If I have not had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Bria and I get to serve here as a pastor on staff here at Bay Chapel. And, and, and well, y'all are so kind, you're so kind. Um, and before we dive into really what I do believe the, the Lord has just laid on my heart um, for, for us to talk about this morning, I just wanna echo what Pastor Wes has already shared because this Win at Home series that we're gonna be kicking off next week it is an incredible word for our church. And it really doesn't matter, honestly. I, I, I'm single, I have no kids, and this, this series is for me. And so I know that there are so many things that we're gonna start rolling into all the busyness of May and summer and graduation, but please prioritize being here because this is a message and a series of messages that you don't wanna miss. Y'all with me? Well, before we dive in, let's pray together and let's, let's go at it. Let's do this. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are here all around us. And we have experienced and felt your presence through worship. And now through the power of your word, we invite you to speak. You know every single situation and circumstance and burden that all of us have brought into this space today. And you can take this word, break it apart, and feed each and every one of our souls. And so we invite you here to do that, Lord. I thank you for this privilege to just <laughs> deliver what you have given me. And we just will be quick to give all the glory and honor to you and you alone. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 Well, if you brought your Bibles or your Bible apps, we're going to John chapter 21 today. And if you didn't, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll be on the screen where you can follow along. And where we're gonna pick up this gospel of John, John, one of the disciples, he has already shared this good news about the resurrected Christ. This is after Jesus has shown himself, after he's revealed himself, and actually he's done it two times already. They've touched his hands. They've touched the places of his side. And this is where they are, the one who they shared all their meals with the one they had been walking alongside of day by day where they would have laughed together and learned. And over the past couple of weeks, they've just experienced this, this traumatic moment of him being arrested, him being crucified, and now him being resurrected and coming to life. And he's shown himself. But I know that there is a real and very true tension that we face sometimes in our walk, where we're standing in the space where we know that Jesus is alive, but he's just not around. And here are the disciples. They've last seen him where they've touched his hand and touched the side, um, the place where he was pierced in his side, but right now, He's not, he's not as close as he once was. And so what do we do 
What do we do between Easter Sunday and this moment of great commissioning that Jesus has not yet come to? And this is where we're leaning into the story this morning. So we're going to look closely today at this part and see just what it is that the Lord wants to say to you and to me as we dive in to the words. So John 21, and we're going to start at verse 1. And it goes like this. This is afterwards. So after him revealing himself and showing himself and coming alive, Jesus appeared. Say this word with me again. One more time, again. Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. So here's the story. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out fishing, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. They caught nothing. We find the disciples here. After Jesus has given them instructions, he told them, go back home, go to Galilee, and I will meet you there. But we meet them in the in-between. We meet them in the place where he told us what to do, but we're not really sure what to do next. And that's a hard place to kind of wait in. None of us really don't like to be hanging in the space where it's like, okay, I know right now where I am is it, but... I don't have a clue what's coming. So now what? It it actually makes me think about it. My dad actually flew to be here this morning to, yay, yay, my dad! So he flew, but he flew on standby, y'all. And so from, from Birmingham, he went from Birmingham to Charlotte and then Charlotte to Tampa. And, and anybody ever flown standby? It's risky business. It's risky business. Because there was, I, I wondered as, as I understood a little bit more about flying standby, I really wondered to myself, like, well, what, what would you do if you didn't make it on the plane? Like, if you weren't allowed to get on, if there weren't enough seats, what would you do? Would you, like, you're just in Charlotte. And the reality is, just like anywhere else, you either sit there and you wait and you wait until maybe another flight that evening hopefully will come up or maybe you get stuck in that city and you wait till the next morning, but you wait. Or you go back home. You go back home. And what I'm realizing or finding is that in that space where we really don't wanna wait, when we don't have the details or are unsure about what's coming next and we don't know if something's changing or moving and there are so many of us just like the disciples, instead of hanging in the space where Jesus last told us to be, we go back. We go back. And there are two places that I think we often find ourselves going back to. The first one is this, we go back to what's familiar. We go back to what's familiar. Here is Peter, he is a fisherman through and through. And Jesus told him to go home. He's home now, but he has nothing else to do. So what else is there? Well, I'll go do what I know to do. I'll go go back to what I know to do. I'll go back fishing and in the excitement, 
we, we saw Peter, like he literally dropped his nets and followed Jesus. But here in the waiting, we see him pick the nets back up. And I really don't know what the familiar thing might be for you. Maybe in the space, the excitement of Easter weekend or maybe a few months ago where when you first walked into this space, you just felt the power of God. And as day, days went on and times went on, you didn't really know what you were supposed to do next and things grew dull. And have in that moment, you decided, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back and pick up that old habit. I'm gonna go back and pick up those unhealthy relationships. I'm gonna go back and pick up the things that were familiar. And here's the space where Jesus, I believe, wants to speak to each and every one of us. When we said we drop our nets in the beginning, is this a moment where we've gone back and picked them up? So we, we go back to what's familiar, but I think the second thing we go back to oftentimes is we go back to what's controllable. We go back to the things we can manufacture and put together and control within our own sphere and strength and influence. And we begin to become the source for us rather than the one that we had once declared to be the only source that we'd ever have. Amen. So we go back to what's familiar, but it's in the control sometimes that I believe we begin to start picking back up again our ability to uh, kind of manipulate the end result we want. Maybe in that relationship, maybe at that job, or whatever space that you're in, wherever you have the most control, that's where you want to go back to. And, when, and here's the thing, the thing about following Jesus is oftentimes that's the first thing you gotta surrender and give up, yes? But what do you do in the, in the waiting? If we're honest, if we're really honest, after the old ways, doing it in our own strength and all of the just stuff, the, the, the familiar, the controlling things, we, just like the disciples, we come up empty. The word says that they, they toiled and labored all night long fishing for something and they caught nothing. And there's nothing that we have to really show for the old things we picked back up. For the, we, there's nothing we really have to show in the relationships that we've gone back to. There's nothing we really have to show other than frustration and exhaustion and being tired. And that is, Jesus wants more. Jesus wants more for every single one of us. So my question for you today is, where do you run when Jesus doesn't seem near? And I'm not just talking about the external, like do you run to that person? Do you run to that substance? Do you run? It's, it's not even that. But where, where in the deepest parts of you, where physically you are here, but inside you have run to something else. Maybe you've run to judgment. Maybe you've run to bitterness unforgiveness, what, what in the deepest parts of you are you running to and night after night after night, your soul is coming up empty. The beauty though, 
is that we don't have to keep coming up empty, everybody. Jesus wants to meet us here again, and that's good news. That's good news. So as the story continues, I believe we see three things that Jesus does, and I know that something, if not all of them, one of them, I believe connects with every one of us, myself included. And so the first thing is this, number one, Jesus, he shows up again. He shows up again. John 21, verse four, early in the morning, so after this long night, early in the morning, Jesus, everybody, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Verse six, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish that they had caught. Here's what I noticed in this part of the story, everybody, Jesus can oftentimes be there and we not realize it. Because the verse is clear, Jesus stood on the shore, but the, the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And could it be that even in your life, even in that place of desperation, even in that place of unknown, even in that place of what now, could it be that Jesus is actually very present, calling out to us, but we just don't realize it? We just don't realize it. That's, that's the gift of Jesus, is that he will show himself and he will come to us and he will call out and he will cry out and then he will meet you right where you are. The, another thing I noticed in this point of the story is that Jesus reveals himself through a reminder. He reveals himself through a reminder. If there's anybody familiar with the story of Peter and the disciples, in Luke chapter five, we meet Jesus calling Peter for the very first time, and it's literally at the same place in the Sea of Galilee, and it's the exact same miracle where God blows his mind and he begins to catch this innumerable amount of fish. And that is the same space where Jesus said, I am gonna make you a fisher of men. I'm gonna make you a fisher of men. So could it be that we maybe need to find ourselves back in the place where God last said something to you and where he called you, where he made a promise to you, where he spoke over your life a truth and you've gone back and picked up the lie and you gotta throw it back down, drop the nets where they are and walk in the power of God. And he will meet you oftentimes or reveal himself to you oftentimes in that very reminder, at that very place where he last said something to you. And that's exactly what he did here with, with Peter. You know, um, over, the, over the last like few weeks, I've, been, I've just been in this place, honestly, of just a lot of discouragement. And the reality is, you know, people say things that'll hurt you. And hurt people do hurt people. But at that time, I wasn't trying to hear that. I wasn't trying to forgive. I wanted somebody, you know, I wanted to be like Peter and go, I'm going fishing, and I wanted somebody behind me and have my, corner, have my back and go, we're going too. 
You know, you always want a friend to be mad with you. That's, that's how I was. It's like, I'm going fishing, and they're right there behind me with me. And I was in this space, truly, of just some discouragement. And, and once I kind of let that settle, I realized what I was seeking and what I was desiring was validation. What I was hoping for and longing for and going out in the boat fishing for was for someone to fight for me. And the reality and the beauty of this family and body of Christ is that God will use your brothers and sisters to remind you of what God has spoken to you. Yes. yes. He will use them to remind you that God had, like he used a brother in the faith to declare over me, you are called, you are validated, that God has already told you be still because he will fight for you. And that is the reminder and the truth that I needed, yes. And Jesus always will reveal himself in the reminder of what he's actually already done for you. And in the reminder of what he's already spoken over you and said to you. So what is it? What is it that Jesus is saying to you again that he's already said to you before? If you go back to that place, to that last word, what is he saying to you? So Jesus, he, he not only shows up again, but number two, he draws us again. He draws us again. John 21, chapter seven, the story's continuing. So this miracle has happened, and verse seven goes like this. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards off. So what do we see here? We are well aware, everybody, at least I am, when I was reading this story, I am well aware that Jesus could have easily walked right out there to them, right? We know he can walk on water. So Jesus easily could have walked out and made his way to him, but in this space, the disciples had a part in this moment. They had a part in this moment where Jesus cried out and called out to them. He then revealed himself to them, but it was their part to come running towards him. It was in their abilities and capabilities that they began to turn the boat around and make their way towards Jesus. And once they realized it was him, they began to just start making their way towards him. And Peter jumped out of that boat and he jumped into that water and started making his way to Jesus. And it looks just like another paralleled moment because we have seen uh, Peter step out of a boat before, right? And in that place, way back when he was walking, he said, well, Jesus, you call me out there. And there was a little bit of worry. There was a little bit of concern. But if it is you, Jesus, then call me out. And this time, the moment he recognized that it was him, he went running straight out. He went running straight out there. And so maybe in the decision day, it was a little scary, you were a little nervous, it was a little shaky. 
but you know you made the decision and you, you stepped out anyway, but what if today, what if, what if today that as Jesus is revealing himself again to you where he's showing up again, where he's drawing you again, this time without hesitation, you step out and you go for him. You step out and you go towards him. That is the power of Jesus. So what's, what's keeping you? What's hindering you? What's holding you back from jumping into the water towards Jesus? What is the resistance or the hesitation that causes that worry, that causes the fear? You've maybe been sitting on the edge of your seat for a while and, and you knew or you know that today is, is a decision, to, there's a decision to be made that today you know God's done something in your life and it's time to take that next step. What if today you jump out of the boat? You jump out of the boat and walk into the freedom that Jesus is actually drawing you into. So the last thought today, not only does Jesus show up again, not only does he draw you again, but he also, he meets every need again. He meets every need again. The story, and we'll end it here in verse nine. When they landed, when they got there and landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with what? Fish on it. The fish was there. The provision was there. Jesus had already come with what they needed. And they had been out searching and working and toiling. And I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it is for validation. You've been searching for somebody to see you. You've been longing for that next miracle to happen. You've been longing for the healing. You've been believing and trying and striving to make things happen when on the shore, Jesus has dinner and, or breakfast already made for you. It's already there. And, and you, you know, like literally, I can just sense and feel you know what you've been getting in the boat going to fish for. Through maybe a relationship, maybe that person, they, they paid you a little bit of, of attention and now you, you literally have given them, all, given them all of you. And Jesus is on the shore calling out because he's got you. He's got you. I didn't even finish the verse, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it's so powerful. It's so powerful. So the burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask, who are you? Because they knew, they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and he did the same with the fish. 
And this was now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Can somebody repeat after me again? God wants to do something in you again. He wants to show up for you again. He wants to draw you to where he is again, and he wants to meet that deep need. Like we see your actions, the surface, but the thing that's deep down, he wants to meet that again. And he has drawn Peter and the rest of the disciples back towards him and he's gonna speak to him, he's gonna reaffirm him, he's gonna love him, and he's gonna call him again. And he's gonna send him out again. And that is the great news of Jesus. That is the great news of where we stand sometimes in the tension when you don't really feel him, when you're not really sure, but all you have to hang your hat on is what he has done before. And we can believe in faith that he's gonna do it again. Every person, amen, amen, amen. Every person that has made this decision, that today literally might be that I hang my hat on today. Where somewhere down the line, the discouragement will try to set in or the wondering and waiting and being unsure will begin to cause you to want to go back to the familiar or go back to what you can control. Today is your day that you can hang your hat on because he's done something today and you better believe he will do it again.